0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit EshelPublications.com. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. Oyunca. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> thrilled to be inviting girl Lubyansky to Columbus. Um, first, I want to thank um, Sonia for making this happen. And that includes the Nishe Hakolo for all the baked goods and setting things up so beautifully. Thank you for that. I'm truly humbled to be standing here to be introducing my Rosh Um I don't necessarily feel fitting for this position, but Nicole asked me to, so I wanted to say yes. Um, the Mishnah in Perk Yabba's Tarek scholars, because you should be a baseball, baseball, a person should open his house. In the
1: of, uh-huh.
0: of mission mm. continues a few different uh it's also heavy shows that some as the reyam that you should soak up the words of coming. And when I was thinking for a few minutes of what I could how I could introduce it, this mission really popped out to me. The Lapyansky family not only is the force behind Sheafgator, Washington, Silver Spring. They also host. They, their house is the dorm, essentially, and it's the lounge. It's the safe haven, and whenever anyone needs a place to go up and and get a quick snack, at twelve o'clock you go get a midnight snack and go back to go back (laughs) carry on with life. So, this mission was something which. The Labianskis are, are true embodiment of opening their home um, to Chachamut. And I personally experienced this, this story, my my father learned in the Mir yeshiva, and he's kind of like an independent thinker, likes to be his own person, and in the mirror most people wear white shirts, black pants, black shoes, typically. My father wasn't too into that, so we had a green kippa, and he wore sandals, and I think other interesting um, customs. One of the, I guess, junior staff in the mirror noticed something was a little interesting, and he went over to Rabbi Piansky and said, There's this boy who seems to be an incredibly intelligent person, (coughs) seems like something's a little bit off. Perhaps you can uh, bring him in and show him some more. more. And the rest is history. My father became extremely close with Rabbi Lepiansky, he used to eat there almost every Friday night, and they were and. I guess this is uh, just a uh, typical example of the Lafayansi's opening their house to the Chachamim and I just want to segue into tonight's topic the pusik says olam, binu shenostar that we should remember the times of old and um, reflect ask your parents of what life and though those Philippines, beans they'll give you the uh, they'll tell you the, the what was in the past to me Revel Lapiansky is that chain to the previous generation his father was a survivor of the co yeah. you know, the ghetto and Rev Lapiansky personally was had very close um, encounters with many of the great rabbis of the previous generation. And so I think if there's someone who's able to discuss this topic of bringing stability to an unstable world, I think we have the perfect person for us.
1: Um, I didn't expect to find as many people that I know as I found and many of the KOLA members and people in, in town I've known from before and it, it feels very much at home to be with, with people that I've, I've uh, had so much contact before. So it's, it's special to be here. Let's, I'd like to um, approach the topic through a Gemara. It's always hard to know how much to translate, how much to explain, you either um, under-translate, under-explain, you just get used to a certain jargon when you're in yeshiva, and it's hard to believe that it's not universally understood. And on the other hand, sometimes people feel that their intel- intelligence is being questioned if every word is translated. So it's a little hard um, for me to get the, get it right. So don't hesitate to ask something if, I, if, if I'm not you know, if I'm not explaining or translating, or, or vice versa, Th- there's a Gemara at the end of Sota. Um, it deals with the things, how difficult things will be in the era when Mashiach will come. And it says, "Every day is going to seem worse than the day before. just kind of a spiraling out of control." In the morning, and it quotes a Pasek, in the morning you'll ask when will night come, and at night you'll ask when morning's is going to come, and so on and so forth. So the Gemara raises a question, So what keeps the world going? So the Gemara answers two things, Akidusha desidra, V'yeheishmei rabbet agarata. Nominally, the Gemara is looking for, I guess, what merit keeps the world going. And the Gemara comes up with two important items, which don't really seem to us as being the most important items. One is, in the morning davening, in the weekdays, after you say Shemone Esre, after Tachnun, you do Ashrei. Um, there's Lam Natser, which is a later edition, and Uvoletzion. Uvoletzion is called in the language of the Gemara, that whole prayer, the beginning part especially, is called Kiddusha de Sidra, which means literally the Kiddusha, because you say Kadosh Kadosh, Borchvod Hashem, and you do it in a fashion that is sort of organized. You quote the Psukim you quote the translation to Targum, and you break it up into, like, sort of paragraphs. That's called Tusha Sidra. Um, it's hard to see the extraordinary significance of it. It's not, it's, it's, if a person didn't say Ovaletion, it's very appropriate to say Ovaletion, but it doesn't count as one of the major parts of davening. It's not like Krishna, it's not like, like Shmonesra. It's not like the brachas of Krishna Shmonesra. It's not even Psukhara Zimra. If a person has to leave <laughs> out something, if a person is really pushed. So Avolitsion is not something which is considered to be a central feature of it. And yet it's called Kiddusha de Sidra, and that's one of the elements. The second one is Me Rabba Dagarata. When Kaddish is said at different times, we know of one as Kaddish, but when you say, when you learn parts of Torah that is not halacha, there's the Kaddish Rabbanim. That's the especially difficult one. Al and so on and so forth. Those are the two things that the world stands on. If we were to looking for merits, it's hard to say that we would pluck these two out. And even after the Gemara has pointed it, it's still hard to figure out what it is. And what brings a Pasuk. Shenema. It says, Eretz haifasa oifel, Eretz It's a country, it's a land, cast in extraordinary darkness. There's a shadow of death. Death overshadows it. V'loy and it does not have sturm. Sturm means structure. Ha ye sturm. If there is structure, tofiyah it emerges from the darkness. So this is almost as enigmatic as the Gemara before. The Pusik says it is a dark, dark place, um, completely enveloped in darkness. Without any structure, so that's all sort of part of it. It's it's all one bad thing, and therefore, if you were to provide structure, that would be good. Mm-hmm. It's a play on the word storm. Kedusha de Sidra is that volition that we're talking about, and storm is what the Pusik says. So, it's true that Chazal, the Gemara, speaks very cryptically in these type of things. You need to sort of work out what does it mean exactly. It's, it's spoken a metaphor. and We have to try to get a sense of what are they trying to impart. They're talking about a very difficult topic. In the times before Mashiach comes, things will be utter chaos. And how do we keep things going? I just want to add Rashi says, why is it called Kedusha de So Rashi says, say the Kedusha, it's a format, an organized format of Kedusha. The atta kodosh also have tells your the Zavi Omar, Kodosh Kodosh, Kodosh, exactly the way we say it. Shalotiknu, the reason why they established it, should call your soil Yom deVar devarmuat. The reason why they made that prayer is really that everybody should do a little learning every day. And, and uh, it's, they say it together with the translation, so it's a sort of organized format for everybody to do it. That's what Rashi explains, what the words mean, why is it called City? But let's try to look a little bit, let's try to understand uh, the big picture, what they're referring to, and, and, and what it means, because it's something that really seems to address an issue. When things are out chaos, how do we deal with it? So let's start with the concept of choshech, of darkness, mm-hmm. that the, the, the Pasach is, is saying. The Pasach says, Eretz kuma ofel it is a deeply dark, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a land cast in deep darkness, some of us low star. We have a need to be in control of our situation. Whenever a person is not in control of a situation, you feel helpless, lost, it's, it's a terrible feeling. We can deal, we can deal with things that are difficult so long as we understand what's happening and we feel we have a modicum of control over it. When things are, we just don't get it. When a person is in battle then, and he sees a lot of enemy soldiers coming, there's fear. But when you hear a mysterious noise in your house at night, you're terrified. The difference is, objectively, seeing a thousand troops coming is, is much worse, but at least you have a grasped the situation, you understand what's happening. When you hear a mysterious noise and you don't know what's happening, that's terrifying because you feel no ability to control the situation. So the primary tool before you can do anything is being aware and understanding and sight is that primary sense of grasping and therefore being in control? When we talk about a situation that we went in blind, that's what we mean. We say we went in blind, not knowing what's happening. That is most unnerving of situations. So sight, it says, Chacham in a Berosho, a wise man has eyes in his head a fool wanders, blunders around in the darkness. So being able to see and to grasp is the ability to have control. So when the Pasach describes a terrifying situation, it, it describes utter darkness where a person feels totally helpless. It says by Yaakov Avinu, that when he, went into, when he went into Egypt it says the reason why that portion of the Torah is it, it's arranged in a way that's called sassam, blacked, is because his eyes were darkened by the coming gullus. In other words, the worst part of exile, the worst part of being in Egypt, was we had no idea what's going to happen to us, when it'll end, how we'll get out of it, the, the total darkness is possibly the worst part of, of, of everything we went through. That is what's being described over here as the problem. So how do we understand the solution? The the key word that the Gemara is um, bringing out over here is the word s'darim, which means structure. In other words, the Pusik is saying it is a terribly dark, dark um, uh, country and there is no stirring. So let's go back again using the, 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 the picture we painted of somebody in a dark place. So when a person walks in down a dark street, a dark place, He's f- very frightened because he has no control. He has no idea what's happening. When you come home and you go into your house and it is dark, you're not, you, you, because you have an instinctive sense of where things are and, 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 and you, you know your way around, even if you can't see it, you still um, have the sense of where things are. The structure of the internal layout of your house, unless somebody messed up something, is, is familiar to you. A person who's is, is, a master surgeon, and he goes in blind. But the years of the years of, 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 of working in this field allows him a certain feel for what to expect, and he, and he doesn't feel as helpless. He's still apprehensive, but not as helpless. Seder means the ability to understand something from its internal structure. A person who is gifted mechanically. So people who are totally ungifted, and I speak from experience, you even when you have an instruction manual, and you have a thing to fix, you can be sure that somewhere in the middle, you're going to pick up a phone and call one of your kids and say, could you come here and take care of it. That's the one extreme. The other extreme is people who who are very experienced and they really have a feel for these things, even if they don't have a manual, there's an instinctive sense of where what should be. And, and you, you see it, people, whether it's a car mechanic, whether it's somebody doing electronics, I have a sense it's going to be this or this. This is probably for this, probably for that. Because once I can grasp the internal structure of something, where, what things are doing what, I can go by that. So the Gemara is identifying that there will come a time when I cannot, I don't have the ability using sight, and sight in many senses, I can't see what to do. Things are so chaotic and dark and confusing that I can't see what to do, and therefore I won't be able to go with that. What I need to substitute for darkness is sturm which means structure and so on let's apply it and let's understand more specifically what it's about. Let's take an example. We gave an example of a person with a car and a person not, you know, knowing exactly what the parts are and and so on. Our spiritual life tends to be focused around very specific things. There's davening. There's the shul as a minion. There's a kiddish. There's a this. There's a that. We've come to identify um, all sorts of um, all sorts of religious experiences, happenings, events, etc., and people build a life around that. If you're an outsider, and and all you have is what's there in front of you. So when a person davens in a shul, everyone stands up for Shmoneser, everyone sits down. There's an instinctive, you, you know what's happening, you see, you follow everyone, and, and that's, how we, that's how we run our lives. And it works very well um, as much, as, as long as we have that. As long as the, the externalities are constant, consistent, and, and, and familiar, we're good. But what happens when that stops being? What happens when you have to close the shoals down for a while? What happens when you have very little activities around? What happens when life becomes topsy-turvy way it did? So this becomes a big test of how much are we in tune with the inner rhythm of it? How much do we have an understanding of the so-called mechanics of davening, What's the most important part? What's ancillary? What's done in the, in, in the synagogue just because singing Kel Adon is done because it's very nice. It's not really part of the internal structure of it. You, you can do fine with saying Kel Adon. But all of these things, the, the understanding of the mechanics, so to speak, of, of our religious life becomes vital because the external cues that we're used to just don't exist. What do we do Saturday night? What do we do here? What do we do there? We're just very, very unused to it. And, and, and it, it, it upsets our religious life. If we have an understanding of what is, what's going on, then we're still groping in darkness, it's still not easy, but at least we have a sense that we can relate to the inner structure. In it. I believe this is what it says over here, has, the, 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 when, when they saw the darkness of the Galus, they created two things. First of all, they created a structured learning program for everyone and that structured learning program is called kidushah de sidra we say kaddish kaddosh but in a very structured way and rashi says over here he says bechol <laughs> yisrael since this became um, something that all jews do both scholars and ignorant people the Hashem Chavivu. So, you have two items together, and we'll explain what the second point is. We have Talmud Torah, learning, structured learning, and Kedusha, and we'll explain the segment what that is. But even the structured learning, the Mashah, one of the commentators explains, they did it by having the learning and the translation. People spoke Aramaic in those days, that was the the, the 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 language of of the Jews so even the people who weren't so familiar with Hebrew they would understand what it means so the point was to transition and i want to pinpoint two areas of transition the the avodah in the beit hamikdash the service in the temple was the focal point for jewish religious activity the the, it was, the, this sacrifice brought twice a day is called tamid, which means constant. This is the constant ongoing religious service and every day that's a holiday had extra sacrifices and so on. We, we um, use the phrase tmidim kisidrum. Constant, always constant. So religious and divine service focused on prayer the temple as being the focal point of all of Israel. It says that all of Israel's eyes are focused on temple. And they all look at it. They all see it. And this is the rhythm of where our religious activities was. We all synchronized our religious clocks with the temple service. That's gone. It cannot. That can no longer be our... Um, center point. It doesn't exist. So Chachamim had to substitute and find something else. And the most important change, besides the fact that it went from the temple to the shul or to wherever you daven, it went from tefillah to Talmud Torah. From davening to learning. And there was a key transition. I'd like to explain it a little bit in our context. I grew up in the, I, in the 50s and 60s, and yeshivas were just beginning to emerge. The focal point of Jewish community and religious life was a synagogue, and it was beautiful. Um, my father was a shamus in a synagogue, and it was a big, magnificent, still standing. It's a, it's a building that was built in 1820 and it had all the trappings that a synagogue could have, and a huge membership and everything really good. It was not viable for continuation of Jewish life until yeshiva started coming. And the reason is, for many reasons, um, it's a more prayer and a synagogue is more visible and and it's very easy to relate to but too much happens in a person's life too many too much turmoil too many events too many questions too many things and it's not you it's not the basis that you can that you can synchronize religious life to it's a very crucial part of it but it can't be the basis when, when people started learning, and started learning um, in a serious way, they began to understand. You began to understand the, 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 the halachic dynamics of what you're doing. It's not, well, the rabbi said, this is okay, the rabbi said, this is not okay. You understood. You understood what, and, and it made sense. You understood in a deeper way, what's the rationale behind what you're doing. Why are you doing it? What's it supposed to be? Why is it so significant? I remember, I was, we were part of the training of young fellows to become future members of the Orthodox community, was to come up Shabbos from our junior congregation, and sing from Anams Miros through um, opening up the Aaron the Kodesh, and you know, it's uh, the whole, the whole thing. We, we started in through Anams Miros. And I was very shy, and I didn't want, in any way, want to be the chazan, I didn't have a good voice, I was shy. And the gabbay was so frustrated with me, and a very nice fellow, but he was very frustrated, and he told my father, Ben Sin, and he said, "How your son going to be a rabbi if ain't dude ain't, ain't kalakeinu? Ain't going to be no rabbi. But, but understanding, the change, understanding from within instead of from without, that's the major shift. It, we, ourselves, in a many way, the last two years have been that. I think if, if we to ask ourselves in terms of religious life, what has, what, what's the chaos, there was nothing public, there was nothing visible. Our familiar landmarks were gone. And if all we had to go by were those landmarks, Th- then we really, really um, were lost. If, if, the, if, the, if, the, if, for us, religious life is simply what greets the eye, then when the nothing, unfortunately, was able to greet the eye, th- then we were stuck. Talmud Torah, learning, becomes an activity, first of all, that's very personal, and one can do it in all, in all times. Talmud Torah became something that also helped us understand what all these practices are, understanding it from a halachic point of view and understanding in terms of meaning. And one more key word over here was siddharim. The halacha has, the Gemara speaks about being kovea item Torah, setting aside specific times. So if a person comes to Shemayim and they run the numbers and he learned on the average three and a half hours a day, that's amazing. it was random. Sometimes more, sometimes less, sometimes morning, sometimes sometimes night, and so on. And the other person learned an hour a day, but it was fixed. That has a certain advantage, because he was Creating certain inner rhythms of Talmud Torah provides the starim, the structure that we're talking about over here. I think for all of us, it was an experience that we, we need to look back and, you know, for myself, it was eerie, not going to shul for so long, doing a say to just myself my wife. For every, everyone, it, it, it definitely affected. But if you have an understanding of what's important and why and how, then you still remain, it's like you're grappling in the dark, but you know where things are. You know what to avoid and what to try to latch onto. to. On a place like the Kolal over here, which has come to a wonderful community and, and helped give so much in terms of infusing these staren, this storm, this inner structure, is really, possibly, the, 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 the best thing a person can do for a Jewish community is, is to give it that type of inner siddur de Kedusha, the inner sense of structure of Kedusha. And, Be'ez HaShem, this is, I mean, I've heard one in one of the things, seeing people and, and you know, getting a, a feel. Be'ez HaShem should go, Mikhail from strength to strength, and this should become the Sidr, the the structure, the inner structure of Kdusha upon which, from which darkness will roll back, and and, and God willing will be Zohar to see the beis HaMikdash in full light, and be able to, with with two with two eyes be able to see all that's light, all that's good in Metzhem in your shrine.